following story contains graphic detail that may be disturbing to some. Listener discretion is advised. Ian and David are two men that could always use some overtime. So when the opportunity comes their way, heck, why not take it? Only this overtime project would prove to be their last. Today, on an all-new episode of Terror on the Clock. But first, a word from our sponsor. For over 20 years, RHTC has provided training for mobile cranes, overhead cranes, forklifts, aerial work platforms, rigging, and signal person. OSHA requirements are in the forefront of our training curriculum. This ensures that our instructors are qualified in the most current and relevant regulations and standards. RHTC offers CCO prep courses in the following. Fixed cab, boom truck, lattice boom, articulating boom loader, rigger level one and two, signal person, service truck, swing cab, articulating boom crane, tower crane, and soon coming, the teller handler program. All CCO training and testing, written and practical, can be accomplished at our facility. We can also accommodate off-site training and testing if necessary. RHTC also provides periodic and frequent inspections of cranes as required by OSHA 1910, OSHA 1926 subpart CC, and ASME B30.5. RHTC provides inspection services for all cranes to ensure they meet the requirements of OSHA and ASME. All inspections are accomplished using trained, qualified, and certified personnel. Crane and hoist inspections include chain falls, come-alongs, monorails, jibs, overhead cranes, dock cranes, portal cranes, pillar cranes, tower cranes, and mobile cranes. RHTC, for all of your inspection, training, consulting needs, you don't want to go anywhere else. Give them a call, 318-330-9000. Again, 318-330-9000. Or check them out rhtcinc.com again rhtcinc.com proud sponsor proud supporter of terror on the clock all right so welcome to the first ever duet episode of terror on the clock i'm kevo that's ryan hello what's up ryan how are you Good. I happy know, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you too, buddy. Thanks for uh, not getting me anything. We didn't get each other anything, yeah. but I didn't know we were supposed to either. Well, or is that just a given from here on out? Whatever. I mean, you just you do you, I guess. <laughs> so I'm sure you've got me something, but you're gonna hang on to it until I reciprocate. Exactly. Okay, dude. That's that's the way to be, though. Yeah. That way, you demand equal uh, 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 outcome. Right, you know, from from your you know from your from your boys, your homies, your lovers, your your ladies, just whoever you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. 
I don't get people stuff. Yeah, you get and, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. It's like uh, I used to have a, uh, uh, my grandmother, I think it was, that said one time, I don't get strokes, I give them. There you go. So, yeah, kind of that way. All right, so, you know, uh, the uh, for those listening, you know, the premise of this uh, podcast is workplace or industrial uh, accidents, uh, things out there within industry and construction, et cetera, that's just completely like wild stories, close calls, near misses, all those things. And today I have a dandy. So this is in a conversation style format. Ryan has no idea whatsoever the story that I'm going to start telling him. And at any point in time, just like any conversation, he'll stop me with, wait a minute, go back. Or questions of why did they do that, you know, etc. So uh, it's the best way I've ever heard a podcast is in a conversation style where people are just talking it, it just i feel like i get more information and i feel like uh, uh it, it's just better for the listener so that's why ron and i do this and it's our first episode to do together although we've practiced a bunch so we're gonna um get right into it you ready yeah all right so there is a company over in England, and it's called Fresha Bakeries. Okay. Okay. And Fresha Bakery does, which is also owned by a group or a subsidiary called Harvest Time. But they do exactly what they sound like they would do. We used to have a plan here in town, Wholesome Bakery. Right. And that that was full of bread ovens. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I worked there for like a day and a half, two days. And I'll tell you off record why I no longer, uh, while I only lasted like a day and a half. But you know, it's a good reason though. You're, you're just, I can't tell you on air though. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, so Fresha is a subsidiary of this group called Harvest Time. And they have just a factory full of bread ovens. Okay. Okay. So, um, at one point in 1998, a conveyor, a grid come off the conveyor in oven B. Okay. And what, what, so let me explain to you uh, what, what this is like, okay? Um, the ovens are long metal encased tunnels, right? They operate at 260 degrees. So the dough goes in one end, it gets on a conveyor belt, which is 20 meters long, 3.3 meters wide, which is um, uh, 65 foot, 6 inches long, 10 foot, 8 inches wide. It's very impressive that know, you just did that right? on the top of your head. <laughs> right? So... No prep work No whatsoever. prep work whatsoever. That's right. Right. So, um, so it enters one end, travels slowly through the oven... Exits the other end. Well, it sets, obviously, on the conveyor. And the belt, like you would imagine mm -hmm. any conveyor, that belt wraps around the center portion of that conveyor. It just literally, that thing just sits there and does long, long, imagine a long-ass paper clip. Yeah. It's doing a long circle. Okay. okay. So, traveling at its fastest speed, the conveyor takes 17 minutes if you put a mark right there and start it, that mark comes back around to that same spot in 17 minutes. All right. Okay? All right. 
So the conveyors consist of a number of grids, which are bolted through metal plates to either end of the conveyor chain. Okay, so it's it's a it's a metal conveyor. Yes, it's not yeah. a rubber. It's it's yes, it's, okay. and and, and <clears throat> excuse me, and you've got a number of those grids. Okay, now when too many grids fall off, then you'll have the pan that the bread goes in. Mm -hmm. it, they'll they'll start leaning one way, and then if another, it could slide down under the conveyor. Or it could just, you won't be able to set bread there. It'll just fall through if too many grids come on. All right. Okay. All right. So it was decided that that grid that, that landed in the bottom of the oven, uh, that it should be removed. So the chief engineer and, and the man with the specific responsibility for the health and safety of that particular site was a guy named Dennis Masters. All right. Uh, he decided that instead of having the manufacturers come in, shut the oven down, and retrieve the grid to save money, they would do it in-house. You're shaking your head already. So what's your first thought? Right poor, there? poor Dennis. Poor Dennis. <laughs> so, yeah, poor Dennis. So your first thought right there is the key is, I mean, you know what it is when I said... His idea was to save money. Save money. Right. How many times have you seen something like this yep. not go well? Yep. Okay. So we're going to save money. No. Right. We're not going to cut out. We're not going to, we're not going to shut anything down. We're just going to run in there real quick and do it. Run in there real quick and do it. So not exactly, but, but you don't know what the story is either. Yeah. So your first thought was probably great. This is probably what he's going to do, yeah. which you're not right but you're not totally wrong either yeah. so that's interesting so so he decided they would do it himself so he talked to a couple men that said hey we need the we need the overtime so a couple men named ian erickson and david mays so excuse me ian was a maintenance engineer he had been employed by harvest time uh he had 20 years in bakery experience. I mean, he, he had been there uh, a long time. Uh, David, David was a boilerman. Okay. Okay. So he had been in and around this type of, yeah. of, of industry most of his life too. So it was decided that oven B would be switched off. So kill the power. All right. So they cut mm -hmm. it off. Kill the power. <clears throat> And got to let it cool down. All right? All right. So far, so, so good. Right? So about eight hours later, now what they were going to do was they were going to let this oven cool down 12, 16, maybe even 24 hours. Right? You just, okay. Right? So about eight hours later, one of the guys went to the entry point of the oven where, where the bread would go in and kind of stuck his arm in there, you know, was like, all right, that's not bad. So they went to where uh, they took a panel off to where a person would go in. Now, here's the deal. They removed a couple of those grids, and what that allowed was that allowed a person to go in and stand in that area. But once, if you were going to start the oven, okay, 
once you started going long, you remember how slow it was? You know how it rotates, mm -hmm. right? There's no climbing on top of it and coming back. Okay, you can't do, you're not going to have enough clearance. So once you get in that spot, you got to All you out. can do, yes, you got to walk with it. Okay? So that was the plan. So where they took that panel off, they kind of stuck their head in there and they were like, this thing is uh, no big deal, right? I think it's cooled down quite a bit. So they decided, let's roll with it. So instead of waiting the time that they had talked about waiting, they went on and decided, let's do it. And so here we go. Now, the two guys, there was a soccer match that both of them really wanted to watch that night. And one of them wanted to watch it with, with his son. So he even suggested that they, he even suggested that they, let's, I think it's okay, let's go and get started. So they decided, what the heck, let's do it. All right. All right. So they get their tools, they go in there. It's literally, they take the panel off, they take a little bit more of that next panel off so they can fit in there good. And it's a simple procedure. Stand there, start the oven. The, the grid's kind of heavy, right? So it would take both of them to pick it up and walk with it all the way back till it got to the point where they would stop it. They'd set it out. They'd get out, do the work they needed on it, et cetera, et cetera, okay? All right. So they get in the oven. They... Press start, and that slow process begins where they start walking. About five minutes or so in, um, about five minutes or so in, one of them, Ian, comes over the radio and says, Hey, um, guys, it's pretty hot in here. Um, did, is it supposed to be this hot? Dennis, I believe, answers over the radio and says, yeah, but, you know, it's just residual heat. It's going to be somewhat hot, but it, it's not, it's not, it's not nothing that could hurt you. <laughs> About 30, 45 seconds later, David comes over the radio and says, you've got to get us out of here. It is way hot, unbearably hot. Like, we've got to get out of here. But there's absolutely nothing no one can do. There's nothing. The only thing that could happen was maybe somebody get up top, a mechanic, a maintenance guy, get up top, start taking stuff off the top of the conveyor. Trying to bend it. Or, or, or pull the panel off where maybe they could come up through the, through the roof. Now keep in mind, the clearance that they had between the conveyor so think about the, the conveyor and the top of the, uh, uh, the, the, the ceiling of the, the roof of the oven was 10 and a half inches. That's, that's what they had clearance-wise. So from the bottom of the conveyor to the floor, 13 and a half inches. But none of them were small enough to... And there wasn't a lot of that conveyor taken out right. that you could get down in there and get underneath it. Plus, if it's that hot 
Everything in there is going to be hot. You laying on things isn't going to make it any better. Well, yeah, the, obviously the metal is going to be right. scorching. Right. So they are yelling over this radio, we've got to do something, got to do something. But there's absolutely nothing no one can do. Now here is the part that you're not going to believe. All this right now seems pretty unbelievable. Why, why would we do all this, right? A maintenance worker runs down to the operator end of the oven and says, this thermometer gives the temp in the middle of the oven. And nobody at that point, <clears throat> nobody thought to look at it. Nobody. Nobody thought, well, hey, that temperature gauge, this is where it gives the temp, so let's, get, let's, let's check and see what... It was 200... So they're riding the conveyor. It was 217 degrees. So they're riding the conveyor. It had been cooling. Yep. They, when they started, they stuck their arm in. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, right. Right. The farther they get, they're like, hey, man, it's hot. That's exactly right. Hey, man, not, it's not, hot. Not, not one person. That tip gauge... That's what it's designed for. It's designed to tell you where at the hottest at the center at the hottest point what that tip would do. <clears throat> so Mr. David collapsed inside and became trapped in the machinery. He was um, extremely badly burned, uh, died from multiple injuries and in, in, including circulatory failure. Um Ian, Mr. Erickson, somehow managed to get to the exit below the conveyor, but could not get through it. So, eventually, the hole was enlarged with a crowbar. He was pulled out. He had been in the oven for about 20 minutes because he got stuck there. Now, I don't think he would have lived right it out anyway. Yeah. But, so 20 minutes, attempts were made to resuscitate him. Uh, obviously, they failed. Um there was extensive skin loss over his back, chest, abdomen. There was skin slippage over the front and back of his body. He also had deep bruising over his back, shoulders, a result of being dragged through the gap where the conveyor exited. And uh, he died of circulatory failure and complication of heat exposure. They got cooked in the oven for 25 minutes. That, they, got, they got baked alive. And All because somebody that had, they've obviously been working here for, we said, 20 long years. Long time. They didn't bother to check to see if there was a thermometer. So imagine that, like the accidents that we plan on telling in the future. They're here once a week. Some of them are really like, oh, God, how has this happened? You know, like, oh, my God, that's that's a freak thing. There is, I have yet to read something that is so senseless. It's like, how do you not... So think about the supervisor of the plant. Like, hey, we're going to kill... No, forget calling the manufacturer. We're going to do this in-house, save money. He never looked at the temperature gauge. I mean, you know, a lot of times you want to blame the owner or you want to blame the company themselves. Well, that's and, easy to do, right? Yeah, because that's, that's people, people are like looking that, for a scapegoat. That is just... Uh, that, that right there is just... It was everybody's that's, that's, that's all party failure. It's everybody. 
hundred percent correct. Like, I mean, those guys, like, it, they've been there long enough to know that. God bless their soul, obviously. Yeah, I mean, they, we would never trample on people. No, not at all. Uh, but, but I mean, but if they live through that, how could they have expected anyone? They weren't forced to do that. They were asked. They, as you say, they've been there twenty years. You're just as culpable. Yeah. Um, I mean, twenty year mechanic worked on ovens. Like, of all the people in there, should have known better. Yeah. You know, and again, that's we trust me. You and I both have agreed to do things that halfway through it, we're like, man, we maybe we shouldn't agree to do this, but but like this is the most preventable of things. Simply. This isn't like you know, lock, like lockout, tag out, and all the which they nobody did that either here. This is this just, is just reading a gauge. This is just walking down there and looking that, four more or waiting four more hours to see sim- if it cools off. Simply like what you just said, it's as much as walking a few feet and looking at a gauge. That's all that they needed to do to stop this. Mm. But nobody looking at it. it it's it's absolutely insane that and and. And, and a random maintenance guy runs over there and starts screaming. What are you, why did y'all let them in there? Guys, nobody thought to look at this? You know, and I mean, just, I can't imagine the faces of people at that moment when they're all standing there looking at each other thinking, well, this, you know, Ian has, I mean, I'm sorry, David has done collapsed inside and he's being obliterated by machinery. The other guy's passed out at the exit burning and nobody looked at a gauge. Well, so, I mean, obviously now... Yeah, I mean, you know, grand scheme of things, yeah, there needs to be obviously a better way to correct the situation, to fix right. the conveyor. Of course. Uh, you need to have entrance and exit points and different things like that. But yeah, yeah. At the same time, man, mm-hmm. check the gauge. Check. check. And, and dare I say, surely everybody knew that. So it's not like I could go... Training better. But, I, mean, not, I mean, here's the thing. You, you know what probably happened? Uh, and as bad as this sounds, somebody probably thought the other person did it. I don't doubt that at all. I think that's a very good point. Because that's a common thing when you yeah. hear it accidents, right? Yeah. Well, I thought I thought they just did it. just point. And, and again, I'm not. Trampling on anybody's legacy, or, yeah. or but it, it's just a way of not being accountable. Oh, I, I I didn't know I was supposed to do that. I thought, and we hear it all the time. I mean, it's as simple as who didn't you know who didn't make a copy of this, or who didn't do that, or mm-hmm. who didn't put the peanut butter up. Nobody ever wants to take blame for yeah. it. And I think you're exactly right. Again, we don't know, but I, I think that's a that's a very common thing that happens, and it sounds like something that that would happen right here. Just. One person, all they had to do was One. look. Yeah, and and and, and then, so I, I have sympathy for both the employee and the employer. Yeah, because now the, I mean, well, now, now granted, the employer probably, to begin with, should have had a much better way of taking care of this other than having to ride the conveyor. Right, yeah. Obviously. E- even and not only that, the, the manufacturer should have come up with something better. A better and, and, and that's the thing. So in this judgment, you read that um, uh, if they call the manufacturer, well, the manufacturer has a method into which this should be done. True. But 
no matter what, it involves Riding. cooling the oven yeah. all down. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. So it's not that you have to ride that out, but you've you got to cool the oven down you, no matter what. You still have to wait the same amount of time. Right, right. So, uh, but, but, but you're right. Riding that conveyor, even if the oven's not hot, a, is dangerous. You still got to have a qualified, certified, appointed person to right. do it. No, 100% so. right. It, 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 even that in and of itself is dangerous. And I don't know why. And it's not not meant to be funny because obviously for these these men, God bless their souls and their families and everything else. It's not funny, but when I read the story, I'm, I can't help it. I immediately thought, I remember, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I could so see someone saying, yeah, we'll do that. Ryan, we need you to get in that oven and walk down. Like, I could just see them yeah. appointing you to... to yeah. I, yeah I I'm not crazy and, when and I say I that. I end up doing it. And um, it, it just makes well, us up. Because 20 years ago, I could uh, I could have fit in there. Uh, well, that's not necessarily <laughs> the case, but... but what do you mean? No, 20 I'm, years ago, I could have fit in there. No. Well, I think you're just... This, I think, eh, that's not a negative statement. I'm saying I think you look... Just as good, if not better, than you did then, buddy. Well, I mean, you still didn't buy me a Valentine's Day. That's present. true. No, that's true. Uh, so, Fresher Bakeries was fined $250,000, ordered to pay the cost, uh, ordered to pay cost of $175,000. Right, Harvest so th- time was fined $100,000. This was 88 98, I'm sorry. Oh. I, if I said 88, I meant 98, I'm okay. sorry. Uh, okay, all right. Yeah. So, 98, all right. But still, it's a big difference no, in yeah, today's money. Yeah. yeah, all right. So, that was. Okay, imagine if that was 18, mm-hmm. 2018, you're probably looking at millions. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, so. Well, in, in total, it gets us to, this is odd to me. So, fresh up, $250,000 fine, ordered to pay cost of $175,000. Harvest time was fined $100,000, ordered to pay cost of $75,000. Mr. Brideson was fined $10,000, ordered to pay cost of $5,000. And then Mr. Jones and Mr. Masters, the supervisors, were fined $1,000 and $2,000 respectively and had no cost orders made against them. But Fresh Bakers and Harvest Time appealed uh, with, uh, uh, that made an appeal. and it was It's denied. also over in England, too. Right, right. Yeah, if that was in America, it'd probably been a billion-dollar judgment. Well, 100%, but when you add all that, I think what you're getting at is right. When you add all those fines up, you're at like half a million dollars. Yeah. So today, you're right, it's probably 2.53 million in money and fines today. Yeah, but then you put it in America. Right, right. Class action lawsuit and everything else. Uh, yeah. So, it, it, uh, and they didn't have a lot of guidance on sentencing, too. You know, yeah. a lot of people look at other cases. So, so it's kind of a, it, it kind of set a precedent, if you would. Yeah. Um, but to my knowledge, uh, this has not happened again in that part of the world. Uh, I know there's been an issue here in the United States. Wow. A uh, guy got caught in an industrial oven in California and was locked in. And Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but of all the things, a temperature gauge. That's because, what this boiled down because, to. Not because it was faulty. No, right, no. It was working, obviously. Hard, worked accurately. Just because nobody walked over there to check it. Nobody. Uh, imagine it. Imagine. You know, I guess the only thing that, now that you think about it, you know, I guess the only thing that they could have done different is mm-hmm. that you can't take a panel off with the temperature gauge 
at X amount degrees or whatever. Right, you right. Know, so. Yeah, or, or monitor the temperature gauge. Yeah. You have to write it down every two hours yeah. until it gets to I that. Mean, something like that, yeah. right. So, Some sort of procedure. You're on yeah. the right track. There. Like, yeah, you, you, you know, we have a, in, you know, in the paper mill industry, you know, you got somebody working in. Well, I kind of thought about that. You, you got somebody in a, in a confined space, you've got to monitor it. So, is there anything in the paper mill industry that that you you th- like when you hear that story? Not that you've done or seen, no, done, I'm just but something like that's a, equivalent. Well, I'm just thinking like somebody in a confined space, like you have to mm-hmm. have monitor that. So you would think that somebody would have been obviously they were there, but you have to have somebody come in and kind of sniff. There's the area. another good point. So stop it. There's another good point. You have to have somebody come in and sniff the area for for gases and things like that. Confined space, like yeah. nobody thought. Like okay, my watch is area. to be here. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. So I mean, they they have to you know check gases and different things mm-hmm. like you, you know that whole area. You, right. You would think they say, hey man, that uh, that's we need to check this area to make sure. Well, first off, that there's there may not be any gases, but mm-hmm. let's check that area. There should be a procedure. Right. It's a confined space. There should be a procedure to follow. A checklist of things, yeah. right? I mean, make sure it's not three hundred degrees. That's a start, man. Yeah. I mean, so. um, water boils at two ten. Uh, Is that right? I think two twelve, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's two seventeen. Hot, man. That's um, so. yeah. When I think about that, you know, I mean, obviously they're obviously they came over the radio saying, "Man, it's hot. You got to get us out of yeah. here." So they're aware. Of what's happening to them, like they know, like this is not going to end well, and that has to be just a brutal, brutal way and to so spend the, your final the, moments. The, I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot the guy's name, but you said the one guy wrote it all. I mean, he uh, ended obviously so done, Ian, Ian ended up Ian, riding it all the way or, out. Yeah, he wrote it out or or got to a point where he tried to get under the conveyor. Uh, no, the the other guy, David. Yeah, David. David. David he was just, just pushed by the machinery he was all, the all the way out. out. Right, God right. bless. And so, you, I mean, you know as well as I know, there's no sense in, 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 in trying to play in our, with our words what exactly happened. It was just bad. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's a terrible way to spend your final moments, I know. Um, oh, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's yeah. Day to you, Thanks buddy. for this story. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, all right, but uh, I know you're going on vacation. Yeah. So uh, just little things we want to do, seriously, as always. Uh, always just, I truly believe that tragedies can be prevented from talking about tragedies. I, I just really think good things, good things can be made from from tragedies if we if we use it the right way, and and that's just I know for us that's what we're trying to do. So, um, but do not forget this <clears throat> Terror on the Clock is sponsored by our friends over at RHTC for all your training, consulting, inspection needs. Three one eight three three zero nine thousand RHTCINC.com. And at the very beginning, y'all listen, y'all heard the. The long version of that. So, until you get back from vacation, bro. All right. Always a pleasure, folks. I know. What what he just said. <laughs> See y'all uh, uh, next week. Next week. Right, when will you be back? Uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning, somewhere up in the Tuesday. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, we're good next yeah. week. Okay. Oh, yeah. Perfect. All right. Until then, guys, that's Ryan. I'm Kevo. Terror on the clock. God bless. Stay safe.